Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. Welcome back, everyone. Um, today we have Dr. Talbot Rumpai from HPB Surgery at Kalafong Hospital, and we are going to be talking about acute pancreatitis. Welcome, Dr. Rumpai. What is acute pancreatitis? Acute pancreatitis is a reversible inflammation and auto-digestion of pancreatic uh, parenchyma, which usually presents with abdominal pains and associated with the raised pancreatic enzymes that you take in the blood. How common is acute pancreatitis? The incidence has increased in the past 20 years, and most patients, 80% of them present with mild symptoms which are limited, but 20% of them present with, with worse symptoms. And the mortality for mild is less than 1%, and it increases when, when, you, when you talk about severe pancreatitis, so almost 10 to 20 to 30%. And the cause of most of the death is with multi-organ syndromes in the early phases and in late phases with the complications of sepsis. And what are the causes of acute pancreatitis? There's a mnemonic that, uh, that is usually used that gets smashed. There's causes from uh, I, idiopathic one, which uh, consists of uh, 15 to 25%, gallstones, which is the most common one, 38% of those, ethanol, trauma, steroid use, and then we have mumps and other infections, your CMVs, um, varicella zoster viruses, and you get autoimmune um, pancreatitis one, and then you get scorpion toxins and other toxins that post ERCP causes five, uh, 2 to 5% of. And then we get drugs, which consist of 1% to 2%, steroids, NSAIDs. And then in our scenario in South Africa, ARVs is one of those that cause you should think of. We've got other rare causes that you can think of, you know, plasm, like pancreatic cancers, and some congenital malformation, like your pancreatic division. And what is the pathophysiology of acute pancreatitis? Basically, it's acute pancreatitis caused by this unregulated activation of, of trypsin within the pancreatic acinar cells. That activating pro-enzymes leading to auto-digestions and uh, inflammatory response and, and result in a progression to inflammatory response syndrome. With that in mind, how do gallstones cause acute pancreatitis? Gallstones are the most common in the Western world. There are two actually mechanisms or theories of it is the, the obstructive theory where it increases the pressure in the pancreatic duct due to continuous secretion of pancreatic juice in the presence of uh, pancreatic duct obstruction. And the reflux theory, which the stones impacted in the ampulla of water, common channel that forms allow reflux of bile acid. It is usually the small stones and sludge that you should think of uh, that causes the uh, acute biliary uh, pancreatitis. And how does alcohol cause acute pancreatitis? Alcohol is the second most common cause worldwide and uh, usually young men between the ages of 30 to 45. The contributing most factors is when it's concomitant with uh, smoking, heavy alcohol taking. The triggers is the increased expression of and activity of your caspase. Those are the processes that mediate apoptosis and there's decreased perfusion of the pancreas and there's sphincter of all these spasms with the obstruction of ducts by precipitating of uh, protein inside the ducts and that will lead to autodigestion and pancreatitis eventually. So how do patients that have acute pancreatitis present? Present with this uh, typical of this epigastric pain, peri-umbilical that radi radi radiates to the back. 
It can be associated with nauseas and vomiting that does not relieve the pain. And commonly, they will get quite uh, dehydrated with the third space loss. They get poor skin tiger, tachycardia, hypotension, dry mucosa. Some of them will, will have these mild symptoms. Others with the severe, quite distended um, abdomen associated with the generalized rebound tenderness and rigidity. And in some rare cases, you get patients with uh, this flank and periumbilical ecchymosis that we call the gray tenor and the colon um, sign, respectively. That is mostly associated with the retroperitoneal bleed with the um, severe pancreatitis. You can have dullness on percussion or decreased entry on the left in the, in the chest with some associated pleural effusion. When do patients that have alcohol-induced acute pancreatitis typically present? They develop symptoms two to three days after a binge. Apart from the causes of acute pancreatitis, are there different types of acute pancreatitis? There are two major types of uh, acute pancreatitis. The interstitial edematous pancreatitis and the necrotizing pancreatitis. Tell us more about these. The interstitial edematitis is the majority of patients with uh, which will have this diffuse enlargement of the pancreas secondary to inflammation and edema. Typically see on the CT scan with that enhancement of the pancreas with peripancreatic fat straining and some peripancreatic fluids that may be present. Clinical symptoms usually will resolve within a week. The necrotizing pancreatitis one usually like 5 to 10% of the patients that will develop necrotize, uh, uh, pancreatic parenchyma or peripancreatic uh, tissue necrosis. I've heard about the revised Atlantic classification system for acute pancreatitis. What is it and how do we use it? It's important to define and, and stratify the severity of acute pancreatitis. In a way, you identify potentially severe acute cases which need early aggressive treatment, assess the need for high care ICU admission, and identify the patients that need referral to specialized centers. We divide it into three, mild acute pancreatitis, moderately severe acute pancreatitis, and severe acute pancreatitis. Can you please tell us about the mild, moderate, and severe categories? So the mild acute pancreatitis is usually those that have got absence of, um, of organ failure, absence of severe local uh, complications, even systemic complications. Can uh, usually be discharged in the early phases and don't require uh, imaging and have got a low mortality. The moderately severe have got transient organ failure, less than 48 hours, can be associated with local systemic complications with absence of persistent organ failure, may resolve without intervention and may require prolonged specialized care. Mortality is far less than the, of the severe acute pancreatitis. Then we have the severe acute pancreatitis one with persistent organ failure more than 48 hours. Patients to be admitted in, the, in a specialized center like ICU or a high care. The mortality usually between 36% to 50%. How do you diagnose a systemic inflammatory response syndrome? The SARS criteria, you two or more of the following, your heart rate, look at it, more than 90 beats per minute, temperature more than 38.3 degrees Celsius or less than 36, with white cell count more than 4,000 or more than 12,000, and your respiratory rate that are more than 20 beats per minute. What are risk factors for severe acute pancreatitis? Quite important, the risk factors for severe pancreatitis, you look at the age patient. Patients that are more than 60 years old, comorbid associated illnesses, the history of chronic alcohol consumption and obesity. 
those are the major uh, factors for your severe uh, pancreatitis. What are the different types of fluid collections that we get uh, as complications of acute pancreatitis? Two types, the acute one that causes okay in the early phase, which is your acute pericholstatic fluid collection. And then we've got an acute necrotic uh, collection that can happen. And then we've got those that okay after four weeks, which is your uh, walled off necrosis and your pancreatic pseudocyst. So what is an acute peripancreatic fluid collection? Acute peri- peripancreatic uh, fluid collection usually develops in the early phase. No, no well-defined wall, homogenous, confined by normal aphasia planes in the retroperitoneum. There may be multiple. Mostly remains sterile and resolves spontaneously. If it persists more than four weeks, it can likely develop into a pancreatic pseudocyst. Does not require uh, treatment, uh, usually it resolves and can be asymptomatic. And what is an acute necrotic collection? The acute uh, necrotic collection, usually in the first four weeks, identify a collection which contains variable amounts of fluid and necrotic tissue, can uh, involve either pancreatic or peripancreatic tissue with uh, varying amounts of solid uh, necrotic material and fluid that may be multiple and appear located. You just see these hypoperfusion areas of the pancreas, which um, can distinguish that from your acute fluid collection on the imaging. And what is a pancreatic pseudocyst? Pancreatic pseudocyst is a fluid collection in a well-defined wall, contains no solid material. You take this, it's got a high uh, amylase. The disruption of the main duct, pancreatic branches can lead to this leakage of uh, pancreatic fluid with a persistent local fluid collection. It can only be diagnosed after four weeks from the acute phase of uh, pancreatitis. What is Waldorf necrosis or infected peripancreatic necrosis? The Waldorf necrosis is this infected pancreatic, usually a necrotic tissue contained within the enhanced wall of the uh, reactive tissues. Mature um, um, encapsulated collection of peripancreatic uh, necrosis and a well-defined inflammatory wall, usually diagnosed four weeks or more after the onset of necrotizing pancreatitis. On a CT scan, may may not uh, readily distinguish solid from liquid content, but uh, misdiagnose wall of necrosis as a pseudocyst. Transabdominal ultrasound or endoscopic uh, ultrasound may be required for this distinction. What are some other local complications? Other local complications you can get is the gastric outload obstruction, especially uh, when you're dealing with uh, pancreatic pseudocyst, they can give you that local complication. In the acute phase, think about splenic vein um, thrombosis, even your portal vein thrombosis, and your colonic necrosis. So those were local complications. What are some systemic complications? Systemic complications, usually um, you can see those uh, exacerbation of uh, pre-existing comorbid conditions like your COPD, coronary artery diseases, CCF, which are precipitated by acute uh, pancreatitis. And then the others, you look at your organ dysfunctions, which usually you use the um, modified Marshall scoring system. The modified Marshall score has three parameters. It's renal dysfunction, respiratory dysfunction, as well as cardiovascular dysfunction. How do you use it to diagnose severity in acute pancreatitis? A score of two or more in any system defines the presence of organ failure. What is the role of CT scanning in acute pancreatitis? 
usually in the first five to seven days, usually you don't advocate to get a CT scan because you cannot distinguish very well between the necrosis of the severe testicular edematitis pancreatitis and the progressive of that uh, um, or edema if still evolving. You cannot evaluate very well the extent of that necrosis. Best uh, use of a CT scan in the early phases is to when you have your diagnosis unclear and that if you have a patient that uh, comes in with pancreatitis and it suddenly just de uh, deteriorates, which you need to see if there's any other complications. I know that MRI is rarely used, but when would you use it? MRI can be helpful to distinguish your world of necrosis or some patients who are um, allergic to the contrast. And then your MRCP is useful for identifying some retained stones in your CBD. What is your approach to managing a patient with acute pancreatitis? Usually this begins in the emergency department. Your diagnosis and then the risk stratification of your patient is quite important according to your revised Atlanta classification. Then your fluid management. Remember, with your fluid management, always check the um, your your endpoints of your resuscitation of your patient, and then the pain control. How do you fluid resuscitate these patients? Uh, it's actually best to have your um, aggressive volume resuscitation for those patients because if you under resuscitate the patient, you have a risk of having early pancreatic necrosis and increase your mortality. On the other hand, look at not to overhydrate your patients because you're running a risk of pulmonary edema and others. Uh, Ringus lactate is usually what we use. You can give your boluses of 20 mL per kg um, of your fluid, then continuously with that 3 mL per, per hour. Reassess your patient every six to eight hours. And the most important other thing is to look at your, your APG where you can uh, usually look at your pH, your PO2, PCO2, base excess and your lactate, including those with a bicarbonate and other electrolyte. That will help you to assess the response of the patient. And then uh, the, your, check your UNE because some of these patients come back dehydrated. What are some other routine blood tests for these patients? Full blood count. Your white cell count that is high is usually just a SERS response. And in that case, there's no sepsis. And then your LFTs, sometimes it can be associated with uh, cholangitis, especially if you get the picture of a worsening liver function test. Check for ALT and SAST for a possible biliary pancreatitis in that scenario. And then your ALP and your GGT might be elevated, and we said due to edema of the head of the pancreas or any other uh, obstruction due to stones. And your CRP that is very high, it can be very high in obese patients, and that is a sign of poor prognosis. But your high CRP doesn't necessarily mean that the patient has sepsis, it's just a SERS response. What are your indications to admit a patient to ICU? Very important. Uh, patients who are admission to ICU, Respiratory failure, patient hypotension not responding to fluid resuscitation. You increase urea, creatinine, and your matocrit, you can get your organ failure, and your underlying uh, cardiac or pulmonary illnesses, those are most important ones. When should patients with acute pancreatitis be referred to a specialist unit? If your patient fails to respond to your initial resuscitation, be careful, please transfer the patient to a specialized unit. How do you manage these patients' pain? Effective analgesia is a priority in these patients because they get uh, quite severe pain. 
You can use your PCA palm containing some opoids or you can even give intermittent opoids as boluses. These patients are very catabolic due to the nature of the disease. How do you manage their nutritional requirements? The mild ones and some of the moderate ones is always important to encourage them to eat. And then you get those severe ones which we aggressively encourage the patients to be fed enterally. And if they can't fail and, uh, and if they fail enterally, we usually use the total parenteral nutrition. And what are your thoughts around the use of antibiotics? Please, the routine use of antibiotics is not recommended in patients with acute pancreatitis regardless of the type, interstitial or necrotizing, or disease severity, mild, moderate, or severe pancreatitis. When would you use antibiotics? Specific indications important with patients who confirmed sepsis, like the ones you have gas seen in the pancreatic necrosis on CT scan, and some patients with clinical deterioration with a spike in temperatures. How do you manage the fluid collections that occur with acute pancreatitis? Uh, acute peripancreatic fluid collection usually remain a symptom, resolve spontaneously without the need for drainage. Infected crosses, BDT and mortality actually um, increase because majority of the infections are your, your E. coli, pseudomonas and capsulum. Then you start with your antibiotics, the ones that actually penetrate the pancreatic necrosis, which is your carbapenem, some of your quinolones. And then uh, in terms of if that fails, um, if you want to do a surgical intervention, it's always um, advisable to use what they call a step-up approach. So you start minimally with just putting drains percutaneously, and then you can increase the size of the drain, putting a bigger drain. And then if all that fails, you can go with a, a minimal uh, necrosectomy, and eventually if that fails, you can do an open necrosectomy. So how would you manage a, a pseudocyst? A pancreatic pseudocyst, usually um, you can uh, treat it uh, conservatively. It can resolve. But it causes symptoms just such as gastric obstruction, obstructive jaundice. Then you have to do an intervention on, on, on such patients. The one we use is an endoscopic uh, cyst gastrostomy, where it's just a drain between the stomach and the cyst itself. In biliary pancreatitis, when should the patient have their cholecystectomy? That is very important uh, in biliary pancreatitis because uh, if you don't uh, do cholecystectomy, some of these patients, the second episode of pancreatitis usually becomes quite severe. So for the mild uh, patients, it's, it's advisable that you can do what earlier uh, cholecystectomy on the um, admission. And then on the severe ones, uh, pancreatitis, usually a bit better to wait a, um, a bit until the inflammation has subsided and the collections around has, uh, has resolved, then you can do a cholecystectomy. Do you have any parting comments concerning acute pancreatitis? Yes, um, it's quite important for, 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 for one to have the, to know the revised Atlanta classification for in terms of the diagnosis and the stage in terms of the severity of pancreatitis. That will help you to say that the mild ones you'll be able to treat and then the moderate and severe, it's quite important for you to refer these patients to a specialized center. And another issue is the, the, the feeding. It's, it's important to encourage these patients to, uh, for early feeding and uh, either enteral or parenteral, and which we encourage more enteral. 
And then the use of antibiotics, not recommended unless you have a specific uh, um, uh, sepsis that you have confirmed with what we have already said. And then if there's any interventions that needs to be done in these patients with a, a pancreatitis, better if they are referred to a specialized center, being in HPB or in the um, uh, tertiary hospitals. Thank you very much for your time. This was quite a, a nice, succinct uh, summary to a very broad topic. And I'm sure we'll hear from you in the future. This edition of the Students of Surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. Visit www.tuxfm.co.za for young, fresh, and relevant content. That was another edition of the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. 